Here's Pastor Ed Taylor with an encouraging truth to cling to in tough times. The reward of gathering together, being online, listening on the radio, the reward is as you draw near to God, God is drawing near. Everybody, individually, what's on your heart and on your mind, God is coming to you. Why? Because you've come to Him, and that's a promise. That's a promise. And even so, you know, those that may not be here, those that that had a hard day, went to bed when they went, whatever. Those that even are going away, running away from the Lord, the Bible even gave us, Jesus said, hey, you know what? If, If one wanders away, I'm go- I- I'd be willing to leave the 99 and go pursue them. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You It really is sad to see so many churches and Christians abandoning the Word of God today. Yes, it's an alarming trend, and the results are disastrous. When Peter penned his first letter to suffering Christians, he made sure to emphasize the importance of the Word of God in their lives. Times of trial are times for growth, and the Bible is what will help us grow and stay on track. Today on Abounding Grace, we're about to show you tough times require God's Word. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor in 1 Peter chapter 2. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Not because tomorrow is going to be great or grand. We have no idea. You don't need to worry about tomorrow because today you're abiding in Christ. And he'll take care of you now. And it's just been so good. It's been a, like, this is nothing, this, this is nothing monumentally new. This is the basic teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. But God can bring even a fresh word from a standard scripture that you learned as in Sunday school, as a kiddo. God wants you in the word. It's not because you have to. It's because you need to. You need to. Now, you know, Dr. Phil is not going to give you the kind of peace that Jesus gives you. You know, maybe you even, you got some financial situation, you get a raise at work. A raise is not going to give you a peace because you'll find out when you get raises, your bills get higher. You can't trust in money. And, and I don't know if you've been watching recently, but you, you're getting a first, if you, if you pay attention, if you pay attention to other things, if you just kind of have a broad sense, I don't know if you noticed in the last couple of days, but you've seen some amateur investors completely manipulate the stock market and completely ruin massive companies just with a couple of little trades. And you trust in the economy and you trust in the direction. You trust in your stocks and your 401k. You you can't. You don't need to worry. Just trust the Lord today. This world is not what it appears to be. It's not stable and it's not steady. It never has been and it never will be. We need to trust in the Lord. He'll take care of you. If your stocks go up, great. If they don't go, go down, great. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He'll take care of you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Lay aside all of this malice and guile and hypocrisy that gets stirred up by the pricking of your flesh and become a baby. And don't be offended by that. Become a baby. Desire the word. 
Don't let anyone take that away. Don't let anything take that away. It's okay to lean on Jesus in tough times. It's okay to admit that you're weak. It's okay to express emotion. It's okay to ask for help. Take your cares and your concerns and your worries and your anxieties and cast them upon the Lord. That's what Peter will teach us in a couple chapters in chapter 5. Casting all your care before the Lord, upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you. He doesn't belittle you when you come to Him with what you think is even the smallest of things. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too big. You know, you'll be that cautious person. Well, you know, God won't. God is the God of the universe. He won't be concerned with this little thing. No, He's concerned with you. He loves you. He wants you to talk to Him. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to know that He loves you and wants to care and take care of you. And He doesn't make fun of you when you come to Him, the things that need attention or help. He's waiting for you. Another truth that's been really ministering to my heart personally is a simple truth. The Bible says if you draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. And that's a promise. Tonight, the reward of gathering together, being online, listening on the radio, the reward is as you draw near to God, God is drawing near. Everybody, individually, what's on your heart and on your mind, God is coming to you. Why? Because you've come to Him, and that's a promise. That's a promise. And even so, you know, those that may not be here, those that that had a hard day, went to bed when they went, whatever. Those that even are going away, running away from the Lord, the Bible even gave us, Jesus said, hey, you know what? If, if one wanders away, I'm go- I, I'd be willing to leave the 99 and go pursue them. As a child of God, you are loved and cared and even pursued by God. Trials and difficulties have a tendency to distract us. And we don't want to be babies. Nobody, that, that's even a name, when they call name call, on the, on the playground, they start calling names, they call you a baby. Who wants to be called a baby? baby. I want to be called a baby because I want to desire the pure word. I want to receive the comfort and encouragement that comes because he says in verse 3, you've tasted and seen that the Lord is gracious. That's actually a better way of translating that because of, because you know the Lord is good and gracious. It's easy to praise God when things are good. It's easy. It's easy to press into the things of God when, when we're enjoying life. But it's much sweeter at times when we're pursuing God in the difficult times where he comforts us for the moment. God wants to show himself strong in your life. He wants to reveal more of his strength in your weakness. And he becomes your strength. Then you start to crave more of his word as as you're reminded of his faithfulness. And one more thing just as an admonition and an encouragement, really more an exhortation to you. You need to be in the Bible every day. You need to be in the Bible. You need to read your Bible every day. You you need to have a a fresh dose of the truth of God. Because believe me, in the 12, 14 hours you're going to be awake, you're going to have plenty of doses of the world. The world's got a lot to say. You got to go to work. You got to watch the news. You know, the world's going to have a lot of influence in your life every day. You got to be in the word. And I suggest 
although it may not be good for some of you, I suggest you're in the word in the morning. And let me even make a greater suggestion that you're in the word before you even touch your phone. And you go, wait a minute, Ed, I read the Bible on my phone. Stop it. And get the paper Bible out and read the Bible in the Bible. It'll just help you. You won't get caught up in all the other things. And you won't be troubled. You'll get the first dose of God's word right then and there. And, and I do think, and I, I, I try to do this myself, either a Bible study or the Bible before I go to sleep. So it's the last thing on my mind. It helps my dreams a little bit. It helps my troubled sleep. It helps the things that I got a lot on my mind. And I just, it helps me to calm down. Uh, and, you know, Pastor Chuck helps me to fall asleep sometimes. I'll just admit it. His soothing, sweet voice. They're just like, thank you. It's one of the last things I get to hear before I sleep. And you say, but Ed, I don't know how. Well, here's a very simple system. Number one, read a proverb a day. There's 31 chapters of Proverbs, so read a chapter of the Proverbs every day. Number two, read some Psalms. Depending on how big they are, you can do two or three Psalms. You know, some are 10 verses, some are, you know, 100 verses. So read the Psalms and just take your time. Just take a few minutes, read a couple of Psalms, meditate on what it's said, uh, because the Proverbs will give you wisdom daily. The Psalms will give you a worshipful heart. It's the songbook of the Bible. And after you read the Proverbs and the Psalms, I would suggest if you're looking for a new way to read the Bible, just go into the Gospels and read a little bit of the life and times of Jesus Christ. And just follow him. I, I have been reading for the last many years the Gospels as if I was with Jesus, watching him and listening to him in the first century throughout Israel. And, and this is where I want you to save, 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 so we can take you to Israel, so you can have those mental pictures of where Jesus was, where he said this, and just get that, to see the size of the Sea of Galilee. I, I know it's not possible for everyone, but I know that God can bring someone, and it would be really, it would be my privilege to take you to Israel and walk you through the promised land, walk you through the Holy Land, so that when you're thinking of the Sea of Galilee, not only can you think of seeing it, but you can think of standing in it, and you can think of being on a boat in the middle of it when Jesus was in a boat in the middle of it. And I know not everyone can go. You'll be in the New Jerusalem soon enough, but some of you, you'll be able to go to the Jerusalem that exists right now, and it'll bless you. And walking along with Jesus, just listening to him. Some of you might need to get a new translation, maybe buy a New Living Translation, that NLT version, so that you can read the Bible, but in an unfamiliar way. So some of the words will stop you. You go, wait a minute, I've never heard it that way before. You know, as we were reading through just in the malice, you know, you might, you might be familiar with the New King James or the NIV, whatever you use, you might be familiar with that, but reading in a different version causes you to pause and think it through and go, huh, and might even look up a word. You go, I didn't know it said that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in the NLT I'd pause and go, wow, is that really what it says? And then I go back, I'm, and on my computer, of course, I have both the versions up, so I can check the words, and I can write. And it's just, it stirs you up so that you can go, oh, yes, Lord, I'm going to pray through that. And then 
Of course, this is where you can use your phone and the technology you have to your advantage. You can download our app here, and almost every Bible study that's ever been taught here is available up on the app. You can download the app, and I encourage you, get this app if you don't already have it. It's free. It's called The Word for Today. The Word for Today. And on that app, almost all of the Bible studies that Pastor Chuck Smith taught all these years, even some Bible studies from his wife and his daughter are on there. And you can, I mean, we have, we, are, we have so much Bible study. Maybe you have a favorite Bible pastor, Bible teacher on the radio that you like, or then download their app and get into the Word. The Holy Spirit will bless you. And then finally, I want you to suggest to get the app, the U version of the Bible app. It's free, very, very, I mean, so prolific of resources, but one of the ways I use it the most is I have it read the Bible to me. And, you know, sometimes your eyes get tired or whatever, and it's you version, Y-O-U version. Uh, and it's free, best free Bible app on, um, on the platform, and it'll bless you. But see, if without the Word, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable. You're going to leave yourself in a position to be taken advantage of and to be worried no, notice now, he says in verse 4, he says, now, as babies, you tasted the Lord. You're, you've tasted that God is good. You're, re, you're in the Word. You're receiving God's Word. Now, verse 4, you come to Him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. So in verse 3, you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, but now God says, you're precious. You know, it's one of the words that Peter likes to use. This big, you got to understand, Peter's this big, rugged fisherman, but now the Lord has worked in him so much that he sees things as precious. I love that word. He began to appreciate the small things in life because God was opening his eyes. And he looks at you and says, you're a living stone. Also, he says, you as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, that's what a daily devotional life will do. That's what the Word of God will do. That's one of the benefits of the Word coming out of you is that we'll continually come to Him alive and full. Or if we come to Him empty, we'll leave full. And we'll just, we're, this is a constant new way. It, it's almost, I guess the picture of coming to him would be the same picture you would have that when you leave here today, except for those that are going to work, you're going to go home. You're going to go to your home, to your address. That's what you do every day. You go home. You go to your house. You're continually going to your house. You don't think of it that way. You never think of it like, well, where are you going to go now? Going to go home. What are you going to do now? Going to go home. Well, where are you going to sleep now? I'm going home. And you're just continually going home and leaving and coming and leaving and coming. And what the Lord is saying to us through Peter is continually go to the Lord. Just continue. Make that your habit. Don't go to the world. Don't go to the bottle. You don't have to go to man. You don't have to go to the bank. You go to the Lord. And he will minister to you as a living stone. You come alive. Trials beat you down and make you feel unalive, make you feel weak. And you know, for these guys, they're under great rejection as well. Rejection's hard to take. They're not only, you know, we're not even just talking personal rejection. We're talking about death sentences upon their lives. 
We're talking about them being blamed for burning down Rome. We're, we're talking about them becoming scapegoats. This, these, he's writing to people that are marking the days of their life. Being blamed for something that isn't true. And he says, are you in that position? You blame for something that isn't true? You watching out for your life, perhaps? He says, come to him continually. You're alive. You're a living stone. And then he says, you're also collectively, in verse 5, you're living stones. So there's something to be said about us being together. Stones. You know, in those days, you lost everything to be a Christian. Everything. You were kicked out of the city. You lost your house. Now you're being accused of doing something you didn't do. And yet, even as you lost your house, Peter's saying, but you are a part of a new house. <laughs> you're a spiritual. You, you are a spiritual house. You're a holy priesthood. He says in verse 6 that in the scriptures it says, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Peter's saying, you're living stones. You have a life together, but you're built upon the rock. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation of the church. He's the foundation of your life. You know, you know that we need to build on a strong foundation. Perhaps today you have found through trials that your foundation was shaky. You found that the storms of life have completely ruined what you've built. And the Lord's saying, okay, now you know. Now you know the foundation was shaky when you started. And now come to him continually, rebuild Rebuild on the chief cornerstone. It was even rejected and not accepted. Jesus came to his own and they received him not, the Bible says. He became a stone of stumbling. He still, Jesus is a stone of stumbling even today. To think that through death and resurrection, salvation can come. You know, today, people all around the world are accusing us of believing myths, fables, and fairy tales that the Bible isn't true and it's just been made up and Jesus is a stumbling block to them and no not to us he's not a rock of offense to us but notice their stumbling in verse 8 is because they're disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed Jesus Christ died for all but not all receive him the salvation is available to everyone within the sound of my voice today but not everyone will receive him because what's required in receiving him is repentance and humility and admission. But we, in the midst of our difficulty, we come to him as living stones. I mean, I want you to think, I didn't get uh, this illustration, I didn't get the resources, but I want you to think if we had a pallet of bricks here, just in a square, just a pallet of bricks, ordinary standard bricks, and there's a pallet standing there, and it's just a stack it's really nothing. It's not made anything. It's not doing anything. Just a stack of bricks. In order for those bricks to really accomplish their purpose, they need to be taken off one by one and placed, placed somewhere strategically, on purpose, put in their right place. They go from the pallet 
And bricks can be made, they can make houses, and they can make palaces, and they can make fireplaces. Like bricks can be used in great ways, but they have to be taken off and placed in the right position. And that's the work of the Lord he's doing in your life. It may be uncomfortable, it may be hard, but God is positioning you and placing you in the right where he wants you. And the last thing you want to do is fight it and resist the work of God in your life. You want to embrace what he's doing. You know, I think of even in a church family, you know, as God's doing a fresh work in our church through this whole situation. I was thinking, you know, there would never be another call for help in our church or in our community if the church would just let God place them where they're supposed to be. There'd never be another call. We'd never ask for help ever again if you would just obey the Holy Spirit and do what he's telling you to do and use your gifts. Oh, but Ed, I'm not good enough. Or Ed, I don't have enough time. You know, you can think of all the reasons why we're not being the church, but there would never be another need in our church if we would just be, because, you know, you think in a church that's growing large, you think even in, maybe in your family, you go, I don't have a place. I don't know where I belong. I don't know anyone. And on the list goes, but the reality is, is if you come to him as a living stone, you come to him as a spiritual house. Notice it says in verse five, at the end there, you offer up. That's your role. You offer up spiritual sight. You offer yourself up, as Paul would say to the Romans, as a living sacrifice. And the Lord just wants to show you how important you are to his plan. How important you are. What impact you can make. And I know there are those that already do a lot and they want to do more. And sometimes you have to say, no, no, just you're right where you need to be. But there are those that do nothing that never want to do another thing. And others are going, you got to step up. This is the time. But this is all going to come natural. You know, we'll keep asking and we'll keep encouraging because they never know and that one question will be the time you get up. We'll keep doing that. However, the Holy Spirit's been doing it for a long time in your life. And he wants to use you right where you are. Just come to him. Just come to him. But what does it do? You got to back up a little bit, right? Well, before you come to him, you got to lay aside some things. But it's all one motion. You go, oh, you know, I'll lay aside things and I'll come to him next year. No, no, it's all one motion. You repent, you come to him. It all comes right. It's like you breathe in repentance, you breathe out sacrifice. (laughs) And the Lord will just, then we come together and God's building us up as a church, building up as a holy house, as a holy house, as a holy priesthood. So why? So that the love of God can go through and flow through our lives into other people's lives. It's beautiful. You lay aside the things that were your past. Daily, moment by moment, filling yourself with God. Taking in the pure word. Don't mix God's word with anything else. God is holy and righteous and pure. And we don't want to water down God's word. We don't want to minimize it. We don't want to take it and make it say something that it doesn't. We just want the word to speak to us. And I just love verse 5. You guys are living stones. You're being built up. You're build, built up individually. We're being built up together. And so come to him. Lay before your life. Lay your life before him, I should say. God is doing a work in our lives. Building, building upon the chief cornerstone. And we'll get into verse 9 next time. 
Well, we've been in the book of 1 Peter today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through the book. To hear today's study again, just visit our website. It's AboundingGraceRadio.com. And there you'll find our podcast, also Pastor Ed's blog, our recent radio programs, a place to contact us, and even donate to the ministry as the Lord leads. That's all at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to grow on the go is to download our free app. Do a search for Ed Taylor and listen to Pastor Ed when it's most convenient for you. This month, we picked out a book that we think you'll enjoy. It would even make a great gift or a stocking stuffer. It's The Case for Christmas by Lee Strobel. Sort of like a journalist, Lee Strobel investigates the identity of the child in the manger, focusing on the hows and whys of Christmas. It'll serve to reaffirm your faith and to help seekers pursue solid answers about the first coming of Christ. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Now, please remember, this radio ministry is made possible through the generous support of listeners like you. And we'd appreciate it if you'd remember us in your year-end giving to the Lord. To request the case for Christmas, please call toll-free 877-30-GRACE or visit us online at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. Well, as you know, tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and so we want to bring you a special message from Pastor Ed Taylor called Don't Miss Jesus and Christmas This Year. We have that to look forward to Friday on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.